Welcome to the EK BJJ podcast. My name is Eddie Cohn and I am the host and founder of this show. I hope everyone is doing well. For those of you who don't know who I am, I am a second degree black belt taught directly from the Gracie family. The main influence over my jiu-jitsu has been Master Hoyler Gracie. Our headquarters is located in the UK, namely East London, and you can find us at ekbjj.com or ekbjjonline.com. We also have multiple uh, satellite academies dotted around the globe, and they're all listed on our website. Before I get into today's episode, I would also like to shout out Atama Kimonos Europe, who supply and manufacture all of our academy kimonos. And trust me when I say they're one of not only the oldest jujitsu manufacturers uh, manufacturers in the world, but I believe them to be one of the finest manufacturers of kimonos. They can be found at atamakimonoseurope.com. So welcome back, my friends. And if you're new here, a very, very warm welcome to you. Today, I want to discuss something with you guys, which has popped up quite a lot recently in conversations I've had with people. And that is, what is the difference with an all-level class versus a fundamental class? And today, I want to share my opinions on what they both are, what they mean, and how they should slot into your jujitsu journey. Now, the title itself, you know, all levels versus fundamentals, it should sound very obvious, but it isn't as obvious as it seems. A lot of times when starting jujitsu, especially at my school, you will be directed to our fundamentals class where we have an instructor who will be able to take you through a curriculum of what we believe you need to be aware of when you start your journey. Now, that inclusion would also be things like, or will include things like terminology for techniques. A lot of people don't know this, but in the early days of jujitsu, there wasn't many named techniques. An arm lock was simply an arm lock, whether you were in the mount, whether you were cross body, whether you were north south, whatever the position was, the terminology for those techniques would almost be identical. An arm lock would be an arm lock. A choke would be a choke. And over the years that we've seen jiu-jitsu develop, with systems that have become more prevalent, people like Eddie Bravo have given names, although very odd names in my opinion, they've given them names and labeled techniques. So making, or thus making it easier for students to understand and learn especially if they're being coached from the sideline. Now, I'm in complete agreement with, with that. And Jiu-Jitsu 2 has also named a lot of the techniques, thus making it easier for students to understand. So in our fundamental classes, you will learn the terminology of techniques. You would also learn the main four positions that we consider to be the most fundamental and they would be the mount position, the back mount, the crossbody, and the closed guard. Now, each school will vary in the names of those positions. For example, some schools may call the mount top mount. 
or top mount position, which is fine. We call it the mount position. Some people say the back position. We say the back mount or the rear mount. We use that terminology because if you reverse that position or mirror that position, you're literally doing the same thing, but from the top position, from the mount. The crossbody, also known as side control. We use both of those terminology, but we make sure we give a very good understanding to our students of what the crossbody is. And finally, the close guard. The close guard position, is it an attack position or a defensive position? We say it's both. A lot of schools merely claim this to be an attack position and not a defensive position. So those are the four fundamental positions that we would teach and refer our students to learning while in the fundamental class. We would also cover things like safety and of course, academy etiquette. Now, when we talk about safety, it's incredibly important for our students to understand the ability to surrender or tap, as we call it, in a compromising situation. For example, if they're being choked or if they find their arm in a position that they cannot get out of, like a joint lock, we would teach them and have heavy focus on the ability to tap and submit. We would also teach them the recognition of compromising positions, not only to themselves, but to others too. For example, if they're in the mount and they apply a choke of some sort or an arm lock on a training partner, that, that training partner should be able to tap. And if they cannot, it's the duty of the student who is applying that submission to take care of his training partner or her training partner and make sure that they are aware at all times if their training partner is in any discomfort or danger. We also, of course, have academy etiquette, which is extremely important. One of the big things in my academy is the white kimono. I think it's much cleaner. I think it looks great. If you look on our Instagram, pictures of our academy with the beautiful green mats and black backdrop you will see all of our students wearing white kimonos now it looks to me like i said very clean it also shows uniformity and of course going back in time because our academy i consider it to be a traditional gracie jiu-jitsu academy it's also very very traditional so academy etica from the time they come into the mats, what's expected of them. Uh, from the time they come into the academy, excuse me, what's expected of them. Where they place their shoes, bowing on and off the mats. When to join the class, when to wait for an instructor to allow them to join the class. Um, how to treat each other in the class is extremely important for us as teachers in our fundamental classes to teach our students. Then that goes on and carries with them throughout their journey of jiu-jitsu at our academy. Now, I've been to some academies and visited some academies where it's absolute chaos. Now, th that's fine. That's how they run their academy, and that's how they see fit, and that's great. But for my academy and for my students, we have this etiquette, and this is also part of the discipline that comes when learning martial arts. 
it's part of a discipline. We also have a card system which our students use. Again, part of discipline. Now the big one for me in the fundamental class is of course the self-defense mindset. That we are teaching our students exactly what is written on the can. That they're coming to learn Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu heavily focuses on self-defense. Um, and we make sure from a fundamental class and from a fundamental um, positions or the fundamental positions in jiu-jitsu that our students adopt this self-defense mindset. Now, let me flip back very quickly to terminology. Terminology is incredibly important. For example, if it's your first time walking into a jiu-jitsu school and the instructor suddenly says, grab a gi, let's hip escape. He may as well be talking a foreign language. So it's my job and my instructor's jobs inside the academy to make sure that that student is completely okay with that terminology, as I mentioned above. Now, as we know, confidence comes from understanding. Once we understand something, we, we have a deep understanding of it or even a basic understanding of it, we'll start to grow in confidence. There's a very big thing that I've noticed in the years of teaching jiu-jitsu, and that is, I call it the monkey see, monkey do approach. If you walk into absolute chaos in an academy uh, where there is no etiquette, where there is no awareness of safety or anything, where it's a free-for-all, everyone will adopt that mindset. Everyone in that academy will become like the person around them. They, they imitate what they see. So we spend a lot of time making sure that each and every one of our students are completely safe, completely aware of what it is they're doing in the academy and what is expected of them whilst they're in the academy. Now, I can remember we used to have a multiple gi colors and it was absolute chaos. People would show up in black geese, blue geese, sometimes even red geese, and they'll jump on the mat and train. Now, listen, I have nothing against people wearing those kind of kimonos, but for me and my academy, that we don't do that. That's never gonna be the case. And I remember trying to implement the white gi, um, the white the white geese into the school, and I was met with some resistance. But once I explained to everyone, people kind of understand what it is. And now it, it works perfectly. It works like clockwork. So that would be our fundamental class. Now, we also have an all levels class. Now, some, some people would consider the all level class to be an advanced class where they would consider going to that class to learn advanced techniques. Now, I'm personally not a fan of calling techniques advanced techniques, but, but that's just me and, I, and I'll come to that later on why I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. But I can tell you what the difference is with the all levels class and the basic class, at least at my school. The difference is the technical concepts, the technical concepts that we add to the already instilled fundamentals taught to our students from the time they come into the academy. So the technical concepts is one of the things. The next things are sparring, live sparring. 
We used to have live sparring in our beginner classes and we faded that out. And there was a reason why we did that. One thing was that the fundamental classes was there to enhance the student's ability from a basic or fundamental level, i.e. capturing mistakes early on, not reinforcing bad habits, and of course, being able to make sure our students were not injured and felt confident enough to keep reviewing the said techniques and become proficient at them very quickly. When we spar in any class or any environment, no matter what it is, we will always default back to two things. For example, we'll go with a great idea and a great concept of, I'm gonna go over here, take the guy down, mount on him and submit him. Doesn't always work like that. And the moment it starts to go bad, we default to either a negative concept, things that we haven't repeated enough correctly for them to work, or what we'll do is we'll default to set positions or what I would refer to as the one trick pony people. We wanna nip that in the bud early on. So we try to do that, <clears throat> excuse me, especially in our fundamental classes. The other thing about our all level class is the people who attend that class. Now we have many, many black belts that come and attend that class, brown belts, purple belts. Now the belt system or the belts themselves represent a finer understanding of the basic techniques. These are the efficient efficiency that's been added to the techniques, the timing that's been added to the techniques. And that's how the belt system works at my school. Now, in my opinion, I would recommend that all students should attend both fundamental classes and all level classes whenever they can. The best students do both. <clears throat> I still, to this day, attend and teach fundamental classes and I only really use fundamental techniques and I'll get into why that is in a little while. Now a lot of people think that once they graduate from the fundamental class they never have to revisit them again. Wrong and I'll tell you why. The fundamentals are pretty much the building blocks all the way from white belt to black belt. If you have solid fundamentals you will have solid all level techniques. Now, when we talk about all level techniques, we talk about universal concepts in relation to those techniques. And I'll explain about that in a second. All of the black belts at my academy have working knowledge and application of a curriculum which was devised by Grandmaster Elio Gracie. We test our students, all of them, on the working knowledge all the way up to black belt. And then we apply our black belts degrees. So the, what you see is the first degree, second degree on their belts. We apply these degrees based on reviewing the whole curriculum to keep the level of knowledge intact and keep the integrity of Gracie Jiu Jitsu the way I was taught it by my teachers. Now to some schools, this may sound wrong. And you know what, that's absolutely fine because many different schools have many different ways. And one thing 
I've learned about jujitsu is as a whole, there's no consistency, there's no uniformity. It literally is down to each instructor of each school and how they were taught and how they promote their students or what they consider the focus of training to be. The focus at my school is not to create uh, sports jiu-jitsu champions. The focus at my school is completely on the the self-defense aspects of our amazing art. An example of this fundamental developing, if you like, is the ability to clinch a striking opponent, to block punches from the closed guard, and the ability to neutralize an aggressive person if a fight was to happen that didn't take place in a dojo or on soft tatami mats. The fundamentals for me are also things like headlock escapes, bear hug escapes, escaping the mount, escaping those uh, positions if someone grabs your shirt, you know, grabs your shirt, grabs you from behind, pushes you, pulls you, understanding base. All of these concepts are what I consider to be the fundamentals of jiu-jitsu. After all, jiu-jitsu was developed as a fighting art and not a sport. Now, with that said, I have nothing against people that practice jiu-jitsu as a sport. I too have competed. I too have won some and lost some. That's the nature of the sport. But in my school, the fundamentals all the way through to black belt are heavily focused on the self-defense aspects of jiu-jitsu. Now, if you look at what I would call, say, new school jiu-jitsu practitioners, their fundamentals are what I consider to be advanced concepts of jiu-jitsu and specific for competition effectiveness. Once again, let me make this absolutely clear. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all, if that's the path you choose. Now, the things that I would consider advanced techniques or advanced concepts, and I said they would teach them as basics, would be things like berimbolos, inverting upside down. There would be heavy focus on using the lapels, things like worm guard, Z guard, all of these different types of concepts and names, um, using the lapels for sweeps, diving underneath people. The list is endless. It could go on. And to me, for someone who comes into a fundamental class and starts to learn those kind of concepts, they really are missing a point, especially when it comes to the basic foundations of jiu-jitsu. Again, this is just my opinion. So this leads me nicely to the fundamental mindset versus the advanced mindset. Now, in my opinion, if you know the fundamentals well, I would say you will have a success rate of potentially around 85%. Now, to increase that success rate when it comes to um, finalizing someone or submitting someone, whether that be sweeping them, taking their back, mounting them, escaping from underneath, whatever the position may be, from 85%, I would say the way... uh, the way to increase that success rate to say 95% or 98% will come down to these things I'm about to mention. And they would be 
correct repetition of those techniques in a fundamental class or in a fundamental environment. Timing of those positions. And of course, effective <clears throat> execution under stress. By that I mean sparring with a life partner. Now, if we apply that concept to anything, it works well. I would consider that concept a universal concept, something that could be applied to anything. So whether you were doing the Berimbolo, whether you were doing any of those positions, sport, MMA, um, Valley Tudo as it was known, Nogi, submission only, Metamoris style of um, submission only, those concepts would work well. In a nutshell, the fundamentals to me are high position or high percentage, high percentage positions that any beginner can execute. An all level student will be able to achieve this at a much higher level, as long as we apply the same equation from the fundamentals. And that was um, correct repetition, timing, and of course, effective execution under progressive stress. Those two things are uh, really important. Or those three things, actually. The correct repetition. That goes back to fundamentals. When I was talking about, are we monitoring our students and making sure they're not acquiring bad habits, that they're not just thrown into sparring and resorting back to being a one-trick pony, whether that be strength or one technique that they've learned from you know, a basic understanding but not applied correctly? Or are they reviewing these fundamentals, being overlooked, being watched, repeating these things? Now, not just repeating them, but using correct repetition, using correct timing. And of course, using the timing with effective execution under progressive stress. By that, I mean, when they're sparring with a live, live partner, one thing you can get them to do is, or one thing I get them to do is, say it was a closed guard cross collar choke. I would say, okay, one person can apply the choke and the other person can only defend with one hand. And they can only use 10% of their relative size and strength in comparison to their opponent. Okay, so the first thing they're trying to do is they're trying to stop the technique from happening using one hand. Over a period of time, when they move into the all levels class, now they're prepared, their timing is right, their um, execution under stress is perfect and or, or almost perfect for the level they are. And they come into that environment and they're suddenly met with advanced basics from people that have done exactly what they have, but just at more repetitions without making many more mistakes, their timing's better, etc., etc. So they build on that from there. And that is what I mean with that. Now, an all-level student to me is someone who will be able to achieve what we just said at a much higher level as long as the same equation is applied from the fundamentals, which is what I said a couple of minutes ago. That to me is the difference between a basic or fundamental class and an advanced class. Now, of course, in the advanced class, yes, 
we do explore different concepts, different ideas and different you know, techniques when it comes to jujitsu. But they're all based around the basic fundamentals. If we look at one of the greatest um, emissaries of jujitsu in our modern times, it would have to be Roger Gracie. Very simple game. Close guard, you know, very simple takedown. Mount position, cross collar choke. I've mentioned this before. Or very, very strong close guard game, cross collar choke, arm lock positions, all very, very basic. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was a 10-time world champion from our modern era. And to me, that sums up what the basics actually are. Now, this isn't verbatim, but this is what I recall reading something that Roger said. Roger, when he fought in the UFC, he said, I need to change the way I train in order to enter this environment and compete and do well. Remember, he's a 10-time world champion, heavyweight fighter, goes into the UFC, does well, and then, you know, loses a few fights and, and, and is, is, is asked to leave the UFC. For someone of that caliber to say that says a lot about jiu-jitsu or his style of jiu-jitsu. For me and my students, I always consider them that their focus be on self-defense. Now, the self-defense, of course, is applicable or to me means applicable in any situation. We can train with a gi, we can train no gi, we can fight MMA and we can defend ourselves in the street should the need arise. We can also have a huge amount of fun in the academy, training and sparring like every other jiu-jitsu school. So that is, you know, the little kind of gems that I have for you guys today in this podcast, podcast number 19, Fundamentals versus Advanced Class. I hope you got something out of it. I hope you got value from it. Please, please don't forget to share this if you liked it. Follow and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can find me on Instagram at EKBJJ. You can find this podcast's Instagram at EKBJJPodcast. And you can find us on all all other social media networks or outlets as well. Guys, that's all I have for you today. Hope you all have an amazing weekend and I look forward to dropping another podcast next week. Take care, guys.